So welcome, David Schiller, and welcome all the rest of you to our first Globecast. Um, and as I was looking at the kind of the title for this podcast, I was thinking, um, episode one, a conversation with consultant lifer, <laughs> David Schiller. <laughs> I don't know if you like that title or not, David, but um, so you pretty much spent almost, what, 25 years with PwC? That's right. That's right. Not only uh, that, but was also kind of doing consulting before that in industry. So Lifer is a good example or a good description. <laughs> so, so, so you started out before PwC. You want to touch on that just a bit? Um, yeah. So I started back in the early 80s uh, during the heyday of the uh, savings and loan industry when right. you know, they were buying up and growing at uh, – a rate that nobody really even knew what to do with and really weren't doing it all that well, um, which obviously led to their demise. Um, but from my end of it, it gave me a great opportunity to learn a bunch of things about the banking industry that I had no idea existed, including systems and processes and vendors. Um, and so I did that for about 12 years over a couple of banks um, and uh, decided I didn't want to be in banking anymore and walked away to do insurance outsourcing for a hot minute um, and decided I didn't like that either and uh, was approached by some people who I'd worked with in the banking industry um, to come work at um, one of the large consulting firms and uh, that was a great opportunity for me to use experiences and skills that I had in the past and uh, learn a bunch of new stuff. So that's where I jumped into the official consulting world so what really drew you to consulting? Was it just that, that opportunity that arose or was there something else? So, you know, first of all, I was tired of doing the day-to-day -day grind. Um, you know, banking can be a great job, but it also is more of the same every day. Um, whereas the consulting side, as it was uh, described to me, was this is a great opportunity to travel the world and see all sorts of different ways of doing things and working with different clients. And that sounded really appealing. Um, I had no idea what I was signing up for. Um, but in fact, I did um, experience all of the things that they told me and more. Um, but, but I think the biggest uh, attraction was um, being on projects that could last for anywhere from six months to two years. Um, and then being able to change it up, not just with what you're doing, but with the people you're doing it with, um, which brings a lot of uh, a variety in your your career and I think that's more important for me than the ability just to go in and sign on my computer at my desk in my office every day for 25 years right right so um, so when I first started the the globe blog which you probably know is is my firm's main um, blog I was determined that I would focus on um, something more than just a typical consulting, you know, methodologies, tools, and techniques, writing, and I just thought there was so much of that, and so I was reading some Peter Block, um, sort of another one of these great uh, consultants for consultants, I guess, um, and he certainly had a lot of thought leadership around this, uh, what he calls the authentic consultant, and so um, I thought I really wanted to focus, you know, on the experience of working with different people, um, in that sense, and in often challenging situations, um, as I as I wrote that um, that blog over the last few years, do you think that has been a factor? Um, this kind of 
the, the people side of things and, and working with people in challenging situations and, and keeping you going or, or what was keeping you going as a consultant for so many years? Uh, oh, yeah, for certain. Um, you know, I've never been comfortable doing the same thing and working with the same people. Um, you know, you kind of get into those uh, situations where your, your click is small. And as a result, I think what you're exposed to and how you think about things is very narrow. Um, what I've thought in this whole world of consulting is you learn so much from the good and the bad and the ugly of working with different people, whether they're challenging people or whether they're the most bright, exciting people that you, that you've encountered. If you can gather something from them, but also leave something with them and enhance them through the process. I think that's the true um, give and take or yin yang part of consulting. Um, so it is people, um, but it's the give and take, I think is really important. Um, you know, I've worked with you in the past, Peter. I've worked with um, other people who I would never wish to work with again, but I can <laughs> honestly say that those people have made me a better consultant from whether it was my own resilience in dealing with them or whether it was finding what it was that they were really good at and taking that piece of it with me. It's kind of when we think about, you know, raising kids, you know, you always want to make sure that you give your kids, you know, the best things that you grew up with and the best experiences you might've had with your parents or whomever raised you, but also never want to do the things that you said you'd never want um, to have to give to your kids, you know, the way your parents did it a certain way. So, so for me, the consulting was, what can I get from them and what can I give to them in a way that enhances both of us? Right, right. And, and were there particular sort of types of, of folks that were more challenging or less challenging to work with? Uh, what, was, what were some of your more challenging uh, people situations and all of that? Well, as a consultant, you know, the first thing you're doing is you're walking in the door trying to help somebody figure out a way to do something that they either should be able to do on their own but can't, whether it's because of resources or skill sets. So I think oftentimes you walk in the door with, um, you know, people's guards up automatically. Um, so, so I think the very first thing is being able to, to break down those barriers somehow and build that trust. But, you know, I can remember, you know, I did a lot of reengineering and, and, um, that would be where we go into to banks and figure out how they were doing things and try to figure out a better way or a different way of doing it. That would be more cost effective, more resource effective, or maybe just getting rid of stupid and illogical things that had been put in place over the years. Um, so I was going into a reengineering project in uh, uh, Philadelphia. And one of the things we tried to do is to take a group of people from the business, teach them how to be a reengineer. Um, ex well, not experts, but re-engineer consultants, um, and taking people who are line-level individuals and trying to tell them that a their baby's ugly um, and that they have to kind of pretty it up somehow, um, and also how do you fix things that have been around for years and years? The first thing they're going to say is you'll never change this. You can't do this. And and this one experience I had, I think about five people from the industry. And boy, they fought us tooth and nail along the way, um, or at least at the beginning. You'll never do this. You can't do it. It'll never work. You know, you're gonna um, you're gonna go away, and we'll never have made a change. And watching that progression of these people, and there's one in particular that I'll never forget her. 
you know, from her heavy New Jersey accent, telling me you'll never get this done, to actually being the champion and, and breaking down those barriers and being able to realize that it's her ideas and her ways of doing it and she could see this change. Um, those, that was one of the big challenges that I dealt with. Now, I can also go through and talk about having some of these projects where people would crawl into the table and take a nap because they were just tired <laughs> in the middle of a meeting. Um, or, you know, the, the person who decided- happened? Oh, I, absolutely. <laughs> Tell us that story. <laughs> uh, literally, we were on a planning session, and she decided she was tired, and she didn't want to do this anymore. So she literally got on the floor, went to sleep, while the rest of us were working. <laughs> I, I, I can't describe it any differently than that. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've been on projects where people have just not wanted to make the change, and so they'll make everything a an HR issue or, you know, raise, um, you know, conflicts just to distract the success. Um, but once again, I think the resilience of, of your ability as a consultant to not let those things break you down. Um, and, and I guess even when you bring those people to the other side, um, I, I think those are the bigger challenges and then the bigger successes that you can measure against. So, so those those types of things kept you going then in a lot of ways. You know, it's funny. It's like um, that which uh, challenges us, makes us stronger. Um, when you just said that, it kind of popped into my mind about those were probably the things that kept me going. I knew the methodologies. I you know, had done the system changes and things many different times. But I think it's that shot of adrenaline that you get when, you know, somebody kind of throws a wall up against you and says, you can't, but you know you have to. So you find a way, you know, you're gonna go over the wall, around the wall, under the wall, through the wall, however you're gonna do it. Um, that is one of the things that keeps you going. And, and now that you kind of make me really think about it, I, I do believe that those are probably the bigger, the bigger motivators. Awesome, awesome. So I guess maybe just tell us another story about um, probably what was your, your best, most inspiring uh, experience during all this or, or one that sort of, sort of ranks up there, would you say? So, you know, uh, while I, I kind of described some of these where we talked about people being really challenging and getting to the other side, I've always been um, the success stories that have, that have been positive along the way, but you know, I, I think when trying to think of my best experience has been where um, the client has taken what you've seen, they appreciate what you're bringing to the table. Um, maybe even you've learned a lot along the way. So the one that I'm thinking about was, you know, I was helping a client go through and choose a system for making their loans. And I had my opinion set on who the right vendor was for them. Um, but sitting with the client and really not only challenging them the way that you're supposed to as a, as a good consultant, but having them challenge me back, we came to a conclusion mutually that the vendor was completely different than who we thought it was. Uh, and so for me, then I learned a whole nother vendor methodology and process, but then to watch that client 
hold to their principles, put in the system that they put in, that they chosen with that vendor, challenge every, every obstacle. I mean, down to, we're not going to make this date. We're not going to get these loans in place. We're not going to um, be able to get our people trained. I don't know, whatever the case was, but to watch those, those, that uh, collaboration and see how everybody was striving towards getting it done and following the, the plan that we set out together, that to me was one of the biggest successes. And then you say, well, how do you know that it was a success or how do you rate it as one of your best? Is that's then led into subsequent engagements that the, the client has said, I know you can do this and I want you to come do this thing that you do for another project or another effort. Um, and, and that has happened multiple times with this one particular client following that one, both challenging yet highly successful project. Right. So basically when you're asked back to the next dance, if you will, because of, because of everything you navigated through with that client yeah. and, and some of that, was it sort of, you know, personal life experiences going on as well that you had to help uh, that person through or? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there have been times when you've taken people into a room and, you know, the shouting matches happen um, and, and, you know, kind of sounds unprofessional. But I think if you're a good consultant and you build that relationship with um, the clients that you're dealing with, you can have that honesty and that transparency where you can go into a room and say, here's where this is at. And they can do the same thing to you, by the way. Because you know none of us are always 100% right, so you know kind of understanding and evolving that um, it definitely one of the processes. Um, then helping them and realizing that well maybe it was a personal issue that's completely outside of work. Um, and, and I think that triggers another thought is we're all made up of in the consulting world. I've realized we're all made up of everything that we are. So it's not just my nine to five job or my you know, eight to eight job. It could also be, you know, who, who's at home? What am I dealing with? My kids, my spouse, my whatever. Um, and, and bringing those into this consulting equation is something that I think nobody teaches you about when you're, yeah. when you're in school or when you're you know, going through your methodology training. You know, you're never going to realize you're going to have that one person who's going to think they heard you say something about them that you really didn't. And so they're going to hate you forever but you still got to get the job done or um, you know, they don't know what you know about a process. And so if you think, don't worry, we're going to get this done because we've got this plan and we've done it this way before. And they're like, but the, the metrics say one thing and we'll never get it done. And it's like, how do you bring those together? I think those are the challenges in consulting, the, the, the things you have to, the barriers you have to overcome. And I think when you are able to do that, that's where your success comes in. Right, it's those things they don't teach you in uh, consulting boot camp, right? Not at all, right? And, <laughs> and I can you know, honestly say I've been fortunate not to ever have been thrown out of a client you know, for, for doing something. However, I have been at clients where other people have been thrown out because they've not been able to uh, either meld well with the personalities or they have a different vision and they're not willing to adjust their, their thought process or maybe their behaviors are just not appropriate. Um, so consulting is that fine line and you got to be able to walk it. 
and be able to know that you're going to be doing your teeter-totter on that line, um, but that there is an end in sight. And if you can stay on the line, it's super rewarding. Cool. And that, and that kind of actually, um, thank you for that. That, that brings up a thought um, as you were talking about, you know, bringing your whole self into consulting engagements. I know we've all certainly experienced that with our clients. What about yourself? Do you feel like that kind of Peter, Peter Block idea of the authentic consultant is something that's real where you can bring your whole self um, into situations or wh wh where do you think that kind of begins and ends? So it's interesting because I was listening to you talk about that. And then I tried to balance myself from, you know, I worked in a firm of, you know, 40, 50,000 consultants and, you know, there's different personalities and different approaches and, you know, some of them I agreed with and some of them I didn't and, you know, worked with some pretty amazing people and some pretty slacker people. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, I think I would subscribe to the concept of bringing your full self. Um, it's one thing that, you know, I recently went back um, to a post I'd put out there on some social media site um, when I had made the decision to retire. And it was something along the line that, you know, for all of the people and all the experiences I had, for the ups and downs and everything I learned, you know, the one thing that I really felt true was I brought my true self to everything and I never wavered on that. So when, um, you know, people would say, oh, you're just a consultant, step away. My belief was I'm not just a part of the team, part of the company. I'm part of, I'm your team member. I'm your, I'm your mate through this journey, whatever it is. Um, and so who I am and what I am is going to be what you're going to get, whether you like it or not, and whether I like who and what you're bringing to the table or not. But we got to figure out a way to do it. Um, I never compromised on any of that. And I think, um, and, and that's kind of how I finished the post was out of myself and never having compromised in that area. Um, whereas many of the mentors that I had were very good at what they did, but I don't think they were true. And I don't think that they brought their truth to the, the equation. And it's kind of funny, those people didn't last in the consulting industry nearly as long as I did. Right. Yeah. So that's my opinion. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, definitely having worked with you um, in some very challenging client situations um, where I also came in from my own consultative situation, I wasn't part of PwC. Um, I felt like you really did that well. I mean, I, I think would be kind of like a model um, that I would see as you. You were always David. Um, you were always funny. You were always, everybody knew kind of who you were and where you were coming from. Um, so would you recommend that um, for anybody starting in this in this trade you know make sure no matter what you don't lose yourself or what what will your thoughts be around that yeah I still see it today with the up-and-comers where they're trying to be something that they're not yeah and and I would agree 100% at least the way I've seen it um, you do have to keep some of your personal away from your job because otherwise you go absolutely crazy I mean, because we are made up of many things, but some of our stuff has to be boards that close at night and open up in the morning. So that's true. But being who you are and what you bring to the table, absolutely. You know, Peter, I've, I think I may have shared this with you over the years. I have one belief is that everybody has a superpower. Um, and the biggest 
thing that a leader or a project uh, manager or anyone who's trying to put a team together is understand what each person's power is and then figure out a way to capitalize on that um, or to use it in a way that that person also feels good about using their superpower. Um, and, and so for me, that's also being the true authentic self. So not hiding that power, but finding a way to kind of let that be seen. So to me, that's one of the biggest things that has been successful for me. And I would hope that I've shared with younger generation, bringing up and showing them. I'm sure you have. I've, uh, I've seen you mentor people as well. So good stuff. All right. Well, cool. What about over all those years, over all those experiences? I mean, what would you say? Hundreds of engagements? What would you No, <laughs> I can't say hundreds. Okay. I'd like to. Um, uh, yeah, maybe it's, you know, maybe I certainly couldn't count them on two hands. Um, yeah. And, you know, it always def depends what you're calling an engagement. You know, I had some opportunities to veer off and do some like dot-com startups within the firm doing purchasing mm -hmm. consortium or, um, you know, going out when some regula regulation gets done. And so you've got to kind of prep the bank or, or your, your client for that regulation. So I guess those are engagements. So I'd say probably 50 to 75 maybe um, mm -hmm. over those years. Many of them last five years um, or, or they naturally lead on to something. So they're follow-on activities. Um, so maybe there are more actual engagements. Let's say engagement letters that I've written, those are in the <laughs> hundreds. Um, but the actual engagements that I've done are probably, probably less than a hundred. Yeah, still, that's, uh, that's a lot over 20, almost 25 years. Yeah. So what is. about your most challenging experience ever, or at least one that ranks up there in consulting? Um, I would go back to that same experience of, uh, of that one where the one person called under the desk. I can tell you we had, um, it was, it was, to give you some background, it was a bank that was taking a homegrown system that they'd been on for 25 years and going to an off-the-shelf platform. So first of all, nobody wanted to change. So there was our first obstacle. Second obstacle was because they didn't want to change, every time we would do something for them, um, some mysterious event would occur and data would get lost off, um, off disks. We were using disk time. Um, or people just wouldn't show up on critical days or um, you know, things that were required to be delivered by the vendor or someone never met their time frames. And, and it was almost a joke that every time you had a deliverable or a milestone, right before you got to that milestone, some barrier would be thrown in front of us. And, and it wasn't just me. I mean, this was a team of people. and. Um, that was by far the most challenging. Now, it was also one of my first true engagements. So I couldn't believe people would behave this way. I couldn't believe that, you know, um, this much bad luck could happen <laughs> on one project. Um, but it let me see people. It let me see processes. It let me see systems in ways that I'd never looked at them before. And that set a foundation for the next, I mean, I do that for two and a half years. So the next 20 plus years. 
And it was a foundation that I've tapped into and still tap into today, even in my personal life. Hmm. Cool. Very cool. All right. So, so many of your years, um, I know, um, were spent on the road in your adult life. <laughs> um, I know to, you had to do that to serve your clients, right? And that was kind of yep. one of the things you signed up for. But looking back on that now, um, what do you feel about those crazy busy years um, that you can never really get back? Um, well, I guess part of that's hindsight, right? And so hindsight's yeah. always twenty twenty. Um, and I can sit back and say, gosh, how many holidays did I give up doing system conversions? Because, you know, they're not as bad today, but that's primarily what I started working on. And so every holiday was a trial, a mock trial, an actual conversion. So um, maybe for the first two to five years, every holiday, <laughs> something wow. going on. Um, because you needed those long weekends. You needed the year ends. You needed the 4th of July weekends, whatever they were. Um, and, and to your point, it wasn't just that you were doing something. A lot of these were in the days before um, telecommuting, um, before internet in our homes, laptops even. So, you know, you had to physically be on site to do things. So you couldn't really say no because you wouldn't succeed at what you're trying to do. Um, but if I look at it now and go, well, I would have liked to have had some of those times back they were part of my life um, and I used every one of those experiences in the future um, for something, um, whether it's stuff that I would repeat or things that I would avoid like the plague, um, but they made every other experience that much better. So I don't regret any of it um, and I'm grateful that I have the opportunity now to kind of look back on them and not be stressed anymore about those types of things. Um, but I'll also say it takes a certain personality to do that. Um, you know, I didn't have children, so I didn't miss a lot of things. Um, I don't know how people did it, if they had families in that way. So, um, right. but, but for me, I, I don't have any regrets, not a single one. Cool. So um, what do you think in all those years, and many of them spent on the road, what do you think are the most important things you got of, out of all of this? I mean, you've, you've mentioned a number of them, but just to kind of hit the high points that you got out of this career that you learned. Well, the obvious one is make sure you sign up for every hotel and airline loyalty program. <laughs> and then when you do that, don't just give away your points because you think um, they're gonna be there forever. <laughs> Because when you right. stop traveling and all your points are gone, you can't use them. Oh, anyway, beyond that, though, um, <laughs> I do think, you know, in addition to, there's two things that stand out in my mind when I'm thinking about the response. One of them is everything you do is effectively using or creating a tool in your toolbox. And so for me, every time I did something, I always made sure that I kept that in my virtual or physical toolbox, I have binders today of things that, you know, they're templates or, 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 or um, I don't know, sheets or lists or whatever it is that I may have used in the past. And I use them 
either for examples, wow, that worked really well in this ex example, so maybe I could use it for something else, or I will pull them off and actually reuse them completely, um, or I'll look into that toolbox and go, you know, I need that hex wrench. I only have a metric set here, and I need, you know, US measurements, so how can I modify that to meet my current need? And so I think that's really important is to build your toolbox with all these tools that you use and that you create and that you modify. That's one thing. Um, and I think the other thing is making relationships with the people that you work with, to me, is probably more important than anything else. Because with those relationships, you have support. You have people that you could tap into as a network going forward. You have people that you will make friends with that will last a lifetime. I will honestly say that there is almost every single project side that I worked on, I'm still in con contact with at least one, if not more of those people from that company. Now they've gone on and done other things. Some of them have come to work, same company I was at. Others have gone on, I might just be a Facebook friend with them, but I still have a relationship with those people. And I think that is probably more important as a takeaway than anything else that I physically did because all those other things kind of sit underneath that. But it's right. Right. In the end, it's all about the relationships you have, right? Yep. And I think, you know, some of the consultants that I dealt with um, in my career at, at, you know, my firm, those that were less about the people and more about chasing the next opportunity you know, they would jump from somewhere to somewhere, but not really maintain or build a relationship with somebody. Those people seem to not succeed or last in the industry, in the consulting industry, nearly as long as I have. Right, right. Excellent. So what, so what now? So now let's get through COVID <laughs> <laughs> um, and allow us to go out um, I still do some consulting for um, some of my clients who are just people who I've kept in contact with. Um, not a lot, but you know, I try, they all know what I, I don't want to work full time anymore. So when they've got um, some sort of, typically it's something that's not part of the day-to-day -day business and offside, like we want to look at doing something to help us maybe with a vendor selection or think through how we might approach something. Those are usually what they engage me for, um, which is good because then they've learned what I can bring to the table. They learn my superpowers. Yeah. And they try to use them. Um, and so I can tap into that. And then hopefully when the world opens back up, I'll do some more traveling again. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, David. Great visiting with you again. Same here. And, uh, and uh, we'll talk to all of you again next time on the next uh, Globecast.